Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. Thursday night, uh, Garblag North America, where we are continuing on our playthrough of Act 2 Cthulhu, Shadows of Atlantis. Uh, we'll do the roundtable. Everybody can introduce their characters. We'll do a little recap of what happened last week. Not much. It was a big fight. And then we'll uh, we'll jump into it. So, Jeff, tell us about Pavel, please. Yes, yes, Pavel Voracek and his friend Gregor. Pavel is uh, is nomadic druid. He's from the mountains of Carpathia. He has, he's journeyed far and wide, both on the earth and in your dreams. And uh, and yes, he uh, he casts some spells, controls over the elements, these things like that. And his and his friend, his marmot friends, has taken up a very bad habit thanks to Henri's influence, and he's starting to smoke, and it's. It's going to be a very difficult conversation when the science eventually reveals that that's bad for you. Yeah, eventually he's he's got eventually he'll probably die before he gets to that point. <laughs> no, <man>. no. True <laughs> marmots no. have a very long lifespan. Yes, like like hundreds of years. We'll, we'll jump back to the future so he can actually catch up. I still don't there. think that's enough time. Even at <laughs> you know the tail end of the war, I still don't think they're giving out warnings <laughs> to uh, about cigarettes. Smoking. They're actually handing out. Uh, More cigarettes, cigarettes in your actually. in your what are those called? What are they called? Emery's. Emery's. Thank you, Emery's. Uh, you're getting a pack of smokes in there, so they're not advertising that. Uh, Aaron, tell us about Leopold. Ah, I am Leopold Brun. My friends call me Leo. I am a fairly powerful psychic voyeur at this point, an insightful telepath. I have been known to use telekinesis to turn human beings into balls of meat and bone. This is somewhat disturbing to some of my friends, but very effective battle technique. Lately, I've been enhancing my power by finding ways to draw upon the subconscious energies of my associates. And this is awakened an entire new world for me that I will be studying. Very good. And Jeremy, tell us about Jonathan. Yeah, um... Sergeant Jonathan Morris, career soldier, head knocker, experimental subject, all that good stuff. After spending time around Leo and Pavel, I decided I would become a wizard too, but I'm a muscle <laughs> wizard and I cast fist. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is accurate. Uh, and our newest addition, Henri. Yes, Henri has returned younger than ever as we've gone back in time. Yep. And a little confused how he got these extremely weird, almost psychotic people partnered with him. But, you know, cigarettes and baguettes go a long way with friendship. So he's working his way to find his place in this group. There you go. And unfortunately, Ruby cannot join us this week. So we're going to venture on without the hero of this story, Ruby. Uh, so what happened last week? So we <laughs> we started the complication where we had the party split, half right at the front door, half right on the other side of this compound, this monastery, this veiled monastery, if you will. Uh, you were approached and attacked by various enemies, some magic wielding, some martial artists, others were uh, Noctwolf, and you mopped the floor with them. You probably killed, I don't know, 30 or 40 enemies. You walked in. You destroyed the tower. I don't remember how you destroyed the tower. You did something to it. That's for sure. Um, uh, Whirlwind, I think. Probably. Whirlwind? Okay. Towards the end, yeah. You took their copy of the Book of the Machine, which was incomplete. You also took um, you took another book too, didn't you? 
don't remember the book they were using to translate it. I believe no. the co- the nope. code, the cipher uh, book, Stanzas oh. of the Dead. That's it. Stanzas or the Zed, the Zed, Zed. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. You basically ransacked the place. You left. You went back into some water. You teleported back to the lake you were at, and you you hunkered down for the night. You guys slept for a couple hours, and boom, it's morning, right? I think that that's say. just about that is, is everything. Yep. We, I mean, we did thoroughly destroy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the veiled monastery, but yes. Uh, other than that, yeah. It's true. It's true, and that that was last session in a nutshell. I was gonna put a disclaimer at the on the YouTube video of it, and I forgot to saying like, go to the last fifteen minutes for story <laughs> of this video if you want to see story. I didn't. I forgot to put it on there in time. Uh, but I was the tempted fight. to. The fight was fun. I mean, the it fight was, really was fun. One-sided, but it was fun. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was fun for you guys as you just mangled <laughs> everything I threw at you, wave after wave. And I did. I said this last week, and I and I, I I did have them all set aside off the map or invisible. So there were a set number of bad guys, and they just trounced them. It wasn't a, a case of copy and paste, though I could have. But I don't think it would have helped. I think you guys would have still walked over everything I just copy and pasted yeah. if I had done so. So, But we're back. You're with Dawa. You're with the uh, the nomads that are guiding you through the mountains. And you're going to head back to go see uh, Serling Lama and uh, return to him. Let him know it's done. And he was going to give you directions or let you know where to find uh, the two more of the Paladion. Paladin? Meh uh paladians uh you have two already you have the shield and you have that that sun uh, statue mm-hmm. so we will head back it is a rather uh uneventful journey back on your mules you see some more wild marmots as you're making your way through the mountains along the way uh no wolves this time Gregor goes around and he starts giving cigarettes to all of them like here here you go that's what I'm imagining. They start chewing on them, just like <laughs> eating them. It's a marmot mafia. You're gonna have a. a oh, um... <laughs> there's gonna be marmots who are addicted to nicotine in the mountains of Tibet. <laughs> it's just gonna just gonna destroy the entire ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So they're just gone. Stunt their growth. They're all gonna be miniature marmots going forward. <laughs> they all got raspy voices. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys make your way back. Um, after again, it's a few days travel, but you're up high in the mountains and down below you, the ruins of Kung Rai are a welcome sight. When you see them once again, that is Serling Lama's home below that down in the valley. You also see the airplane sitting there safe and sound in the meadow down below the city, the abandoned city. So it's not where it landed. It's now been moved closer. And from this height, it looks like everything is okay with it. It looks like it's in tip top shape. And you guys, uh, you head down the winding paths, the switchbacks to the Lama's retreat where he's waiting. He's got a big smile on his face and he greets you. Oh, I'm so, so happy you returned. I'm so, so pleased that you were successful. I saw everything while you were there and I was very impressed. I was very impressed with what you did. And thank you for taking care of Dawa and keeping him out of danger. He looks, when you see him, he looks frailer than when you left him. Just 
oh, maybe 10 days ago, but his voice is still really lively and his eyes uh, just have like a glimmer of excitement in them. Like you can tell, like this is, this is a big deal. And he's very, very pleased with what you've done. And he says, oh, you returned with the copy of the book. You didn't, you didn't destroy it or leave it behind. He approaches you, Pavel. Because I know you're the one of the you're the one who took it, right? I was probably like reading it like the whole <laughs> way back as much as he could, you know, just getting us. Oh, uh, yes, it, uh, I could, we could not bring it. Well, I guess I could not bring it. Uh, bring myself to destroy a book. That seems just that's just wrong. Knowledge is itself not evil. It is uh, how we uh, how we use it. So, if you do not want to keep it, I'm more than happy to. I can keep an eye on it, protect it. You know, I'm pretty good at that kind of thing. He he, he says, may I have it to destroy it to ensure it does not fall in the hands of evil again? I have translated my copy into English for you. And he goes in a sack next to me, pulls out this tome, and he hands it to you. Well, when you put it that way... <laughs> Isn't this one in Chinese or something? The one that we yeah, have, well, yeah, yeah, and they were sending it. Yeah, it was in it was and in Chinese, cipher. and then yeah, there's cipher, cipher. But this one is written yeah. in Chinese or Mandarin or Cantonese, um, and it's not complete. Uh, if, if you recall me saying like, there's just pages kind of trail off and missing passages, and there's blank pages uh, for whole sections. Ah, uh, you you honor me with this gift. Uh, thank you so so very kind yes yes of course take take this one and destroy it and i will i will cherish this gift and i will read it and i will definitely not do anything terrible with the knowledge that comes from it <laughs> nothing sorry. terrible at this all. is translated from the original atlantean version that i have in my possession you will not find a finer copy or specimen wait why did you make a copy of the original if we are getting rid of a copy that was already well, made. This is meant for the hands of good. I think the Americans or the the, the English may and you find this want to useful. give it to him. Oh, he's a good I man. I thought you saw everything that was going he's a, on when he's we a were, good man. Uh, he's a good. He did what he he needed to do. We got teleported into like a rock or something. No, no, I teleported you to Cliff, and then you know it, it took you. Know, it's like when you when you go to Hill Zippo, and the the light doesn't come on the first time. You just got to the second time, and it works. Sometimes it's that that is, that is magic. Yes, Leo, you know. Sometimes things, uh, you know, kind yeah. of flutter out every now. And then. If at first you don't succeed, something else. Indeed, Henri. We'll find it. This sorcery that Pavel uses, uh, it draws upon energies that are not easily defined in this world that we, as opposed to my, my own psychic abilities, which are quite controlled through the own powers of our mind. It's, uh, but both can be undependable under certain adverse situations. Unlike is, uh... your, your very powerful pieces of bread, or Sergeant Morse's shield, uh, magics and, and psychic abilities uh, have their shortcuts. Like uh, watching people's dreams? That is ah. for protection, of course. We have uh, many things out wee, there that wee, could wee. infect uh, people's minds. I don't poke and pry, you know, your privacy. I'm just kind of skirting around. Like I said, Sergeant Morris keeps watch when we all sleep on the camp and everything, and I keep watch on dreams. That is all. I need a this second is, cigarette. He, this he is has a skill two that, in his mouth now. 
skill that I must indeed master. I have... When we were in the dreamlands of the Duat, and again when I was using my abilities in our fight at the monastery, I sensed a great hunger behind the subconsciousnesses that connect us all, and I think that I must master what you know, Pavel, so that I can perhaps find a way to safeguard against this evil that I have sensed. Yes, I am more than happy to enlighten you with as much knowledge as I have. I, but mine is limited. I do not claim to be uh, all-knowing, of course, uh, but uh, I will be glad to impart upon you all that I have learned in my travels. You are the most kind. And very good, and that is why I am getting this book, Henri, because I am <laughs> kind and good, and I will definitely not do anything terrible with it, intentional or otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I have no, I just, you know, I'm just, I like to read. Good people. A little bit before bedtime, you know. <laughs> when the when the four of you, or five of you finished, he, he interjects. He's just sitting there watching you, smiling, as the, <laughs> the five of you chat to, to one another. He goes, ah, I did promise to tell you where to find... Uh, two, the next two of the Paladion. They, they, the ancient artifacts from Atlantis that were scattered when it fell. I have found the position of two more. It is not outlined in the Book of the Machine, though the Book of the Machine will tell you about these items, their possible uses. It will not tell you where to find them, which is good that the Germans don't know where they are, even with the, the little translation they did receive. But they have knowledge on how to use them. First things first, the, 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 the closest one is known as the Egg Nea Weapon of the Flame, and it can be found in Alora Caves, just north of Bombay, not too far from, you can go to India, not too far from here, it's most your closest one you can go to. The other one, I believe, is an artifact known as the Cup of Yima. And it is also associated with fire, but it is located in the fire temples of Parsi, close to Ishfaran, Persia. Those are the next two things you need to you need to acquire before the Germans or other evil. What what do these things do? I I, I was not here on the artifact train. I, I... <laughs> well, you you now have the book of the machine, and you can. Do your research. No, it does not uh, speak of them by name. It just describes these items. It doesn't huh, doesn't get into great detail about each one. But there is a chapter dedicated to each one in there. Uh, including your shield. And he points to you, Jonathan. Macladius. If you read yeah. in there, was tasked with providing a shield of protection. For my doomed city of Atlantis. It's a very, city. very powerful device. But it needs to be coupled with another item. A baguette. Mm, I no, understand. not bread. <laughs> ah. You silly man. <laughs> I mean, if you want to beat on my shield with your bread, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> Just seems like a no, no French artifacts. Just kind of confused, you know. Everybody else gets one, but where's the French one? Oh, you probably get the cup, right? <laughs> Maybe. 
I have a little wine that's been aging since my travels. There you go. Plus, there's like a fifth one that we haven't even like. Oh, so it could be the hidden one right there, you know? You're late to the party, so maybe <laughs> the French artifact is similarly late right. to the artifact party. It's like some ancient starry yeast. <laughs> so you know that there's five paladines in total. You have two. He's directed you to two more. So there's going to be one more in your journey you're going to have to find and locate uh, once you uh, acquire these two. He says, I have one more gift for you. And he goes back into that bag, that sack, and he pulls out this, this small carved statuette of a robed figure. And... Um, Who's who's got the highest reason here in the group? Who's got the highest reason? Not me. <laughs> Leo's reason is nine, but it's more than me. Ruby's is me. also nine, so I think Ruby. Would oh, be he's gonna person. hand it to Ruby then. And it, you, it is, you look at this thing closely, as he hands it over. It's like an androgynous figure. You can't. It doesn't de depict male or female or anything. It's just this robed figure, and it's it's oddly heavy. You see, R Ruby kind of like whoa when she takes it. She kind of braces. And you see that there's, there's almost like uh, cuts or slits where the arms meet the shoulder, like that the arms are almost articulated. And he says, well, this is how you use it. When you are close to a paladion, the arms will move. They'll move up to show you the direction of the elevation. They'll point you which way you need to go when you are near one, when you're on the, when you're close to one. Use this and the rest of your journey to help locate the remainders. How does it not just point to the shield all the time? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question, Henri. <laughs> or the or the sun uh, sun sculpture. I need a third cigarette. <laughs> Atlantean magic, Henri. Just like yeah. French in magic. Possession. Maybe that is why. Yeah. You know. so, I swear I'm to God, when this fifth one is not a baguette, I'm going to be so pissed off. My coping mechanisms are I don't dream and I don't ask questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning to start. Oh. Stop Let's go with it. It's great. Just roll with it. Just become a zombie. Just let the world take you. No. <laughs> you know, you, you make of it what you will, but like... Uh. Have fun. That's true. So, well, your plane, as you can see, has been brought here. The crew is rested and well fed, and you, you must prepare for your journey back to go acquire the next Paladine. My friends, I have some distressing news to pass on to you all. I have determined that the greatest threat that we face may not be associated with these artifacts of Atlantis, but this this hunger that I have sensed from the dreamlands, I have elected to stay here at the monastery and study with Dawa and under the tutelage of the Lama to master my skills as a dreamwalker. I have been in telepathic communication with Sir Towton back at section M and he has agreed with my course of action and we'll be dispatching additional support to the team who will meet you in India. I must apologize, my friends. Hopefully I will be able to rejoin you at some point in the future, but I think our missions at this point now must diverge. And this is in no way because Leo is ridiculously overpowered as a psychic combatant. Yeah. 
And uh, the llama chimes in. He will be a much appreciated addition to Dawa's teachings. I'm sure Dawa can learn much from. He has smoked a bunch of cigarettes when you were gone. We will become thick as thieves, as they say in the, the Americas. You gotta have him teach you the meatball trick. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, Morris, I will miss you most of all. <laughs> Aw, that's so kind. I'm gonna miss you too. Like with all the smashing and the crushing and just. It will now be up to you and Gregor to hold up the magical end of this expedition. I have no doubt with Sergeant Morris's shield and Lieutenant McKay's thumb knives and Andre's bloody bagel baguettes. Bagels. I I will do my best, of course. I could not I cannot we will miss your ability to defend us and to to allow us to communicate at you know different to the you know in our minds and and I am sure we will see each other in the dream. If, Indeed. Uh, Once yes. I have mastered this skill, I will seek out your mind and we will converse. Of course, yes, yes, that will be great. And we can, I can tell you all about our adventures, and you can tell us all about what's happening there. And it will really <laughs> piss off people who don't want that kind of communication to happen, but it will totally happen. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I'm not going to be able to talk to Gregor anymore. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, Gregor. <laughs> it must be the natural cycle of life. You know, he's getting older. There's no way it is any other. Well, that's not true, actually. Actually, Gregor is aging in reverse. Oh, he's, he's the actually Benjamin getting Button younger. Marmot? He's got the Benjamin Button syndrome. That uh, I've not heard of that. Is that good? <laughs> is that a good thing? I don't know. VSN, my friends, I have much work to do, and I know that you do as well. Good luck, and I hope that whoever the the section in sins to assist you is up to the task of supporting you, my friends. I know French. That's a made-up country. <laughs> I, okay. I know. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Well, there's no way they could even be half the man as, as you are, but you know they'll. We'll work with them. There is no way they could possibly fill your shoes or <laughs> your mind or many other things, but I'm sure they will be um, largely effective, just like Honoré has been mostly effective in joining <laughs> the party. You know, it would have been easier if you actually teleported to me somewhere I could do something instead of in front of eight people. Like <laughs> like falling when you tried to climb and just it's... fell on your bum bum. You know that is why you have a baguette. It is a common thing in France. We carry them just in case there is a whoopsie, and you know you fall. Yeah. There's just a cushion. And a in fascinating fairness, country. Some of that might be on me because I usually ask them to teleport me in front of like eight people. So it's like you know, right? Maybe it was a language barrier. Muscle memory, you know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yes. And your bumble. Leo's only regret as he walks away is that he never got to fastball special Sergeant oh, Morris right. into a uh, into a uh, not wolf commando. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that, that was a goal. Maybe in the finale. <laughs> Bring him back yeah. just for that. 
the llama goes back in his bag. I have one more gift for you all before you leave. And he reaches in and he pulls out a white prayer scarf for each of you. That is my parting gift. And he's smiling as he walks and puts it around each of your necks. And he looks at all of you and he kind of embraces your hand and shakes it. And he says, I look forward to seeing you once again, all of you. But I must apologize in advance in case I don't recognize you when that should happen. Is it because you're so old? This is where we don't ask questions. Yeah, you just go. You just go with it. Don't argue with the old man. With that Dawa, he jumps up and goes, I've got some gifts for you. And he jumps up and he runs over to where you guys are sitting when you're here previously and eating. And he wraps up. He takes cloth and he wraps up some dried yak jerky. He puts some tea in there. And he also takes your tea bowl and he carefully wraps it up and he gives one to each of you. And it's a tea bowl used when you're here. And some of you are aware, like in Indian culture, like when, or um, Tibetan culture, that it's, it's kind of like sacred. Like you use the same tea bowl basically for your life. It doesn't really change hands. It doesn't really... Nobody else uses it. So he gives this to you as a parting gift along with some yak jerky and some tea. I will never forget what we... The adventure we had together. Yeah. It was good times. Will you come back and visit me? Sure. I, I don't really know how to get here, but you know. I can get you back when the time's right. Will you bring me a sword like yours? You know what? Keep this one. And actually, Pavel, do you mind? I mean, it was kind of... Oh, it was no, already of gift. course not. No, no, go right ahead. It will, it, it, it will give him something to remember you by. Yeah, get used to the weight, but you, you take this one. <laughs> he, like, holds out his hands and his eyes light up and he's just like... <gasps> and he's, like, grabs it and he's looking at it. And he's like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he starts, he's, like, hands it back to you. I mean, okay. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Thank you, though. Thank you. We'll meet again. Deal. And he sticks out his tongue at you. Kind of like how the old man did when he when he greeted you when you arrived. I uh, stealthily sneak a pack of cigarettes into his pocket while, during this exchange. <laughs> do you want to roll stealth? Sure. All right. Do me, do me a difficulty, too, to pack, put a pack uh, okay. of smokes in your pocket. <laughs> All right, stealth agility, focus. Oh! Oh my God! Critical success. <laughs> I was gonna take one of your momentum away. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. So you slip a pack of smokes from your your carton of never ending uh, into his into his robe. Uh, I'll appreciate that later. With that, the, the llama goes. It is. It is time. It is time. And he walks with you and the plane crew all the way back down the mountain to the meadow below and stands there and watches as you all file onto the plane. And Dow was there with him. And the two of them, you look out the window, they're standing, they're waving. So is Leo. Leo's standing. Leo, are you waving? What are you doing? Yeah, Leo is just kind of floating about three feet off the ground. And yeah, he's waving. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, as you're sitting there and the pilots are flicking the switches and the buttons and they're chattering away in excitement and bewilderment. You can hear it in their voice, even though you don't speak the language. Um, Back and forth. All of a sudden, those red orbs reappear. And you see one go to each tip of the plane, one to the nose. 
And all of a sudden, the plane slowly just starts levitating off the ground. Slowly. Up, 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 up into the air. And you look down, and they're all just down there, still waving at you. Until finally, once it's high up above the meadow, it's engulfed in clouds once again. And you can feel the plane turn, and it's just being, again, guided by these red orbs that it was once before. That That is not really fair. I had to walk here. So this is kind of... <laughs> you don't know how you got... We never established how you got here. <laughs> I know. The Veiled Valley. Um, yeah, you, you were climbing the mountains before it was cool. We understand. Yes, I am a hipster before there was hipsters. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me about Honoré? <laughs> mm. The original hipster. Uh, so you guys are on the plane. Again, it's a smooth ride. You look and the red orbs are out there. and They're guiding you and you can't see anything. You're, you're clouded in once again. But uh, after some time, again, it feels like hours and hours. The, the crew, the steward, she's talking. She's like, can you believe? Can you believe what happened? No one will believe the story of what we saw. Our time there. What do we tell people? What do I tell my family? None of the things that you saw then. They're not going to believe you anyway. So just say uh, we were delayed. That is all. No need to alarm anybody with crazy tales and that kind of thing. They will look strange at you and then they will talk behind your back and then you'll have like decades of them questioning your mental health and sanity and take it from me. People question mine all the time. What? No, you saw it as a rock. Is he? Yeah, you see Gregor. (laughs) Maybe you should not take advice from these two. They... Don't seem mentally quite all there. You right. see, this is what you're in store for. That right. So just right maybe there. just say nothing. Just say, oh. Says the guy who uses bread as weapons. Or like, you know, there's the whole like half truth thing. Like, you know, the plane did go down for a little bit. You know, there was, you know, some nice people there. You ate, you drank some weird, you know, milk, you know. They fixed the plane. They you fixed the plane. Back. There was this cool like spring. It was cold. You, you know, you would think springs are hot. It wasn't. Really cold, so cold. Just enough of the truth that you don't feel like you're lying, but not so much that you sound crazy. Exactly. But all of it is crazy. I know. We were gone for oh, I don't know, just over a week. Won't people well, wonder where we went? There was. I pl- don't. No. I mean, do you have a lot of really close friends and family? Well, no, just my parents. Oh, well, they're not really keeping that close of tabs on you, possibly, right? You know? I... I suppose. I suppose. I think the whole we get lost and, you know, we had to land and fix engine and then we get up and go, that's enough. That's all. Don't... uh, That's it. I'd offer you a drink, but um, the bar was cleaned out on the way here. No. Really? (laughs) By, By whom? You? Looking at Sergeant Morris. Now. Yeah, uh, Mr. Morris <laughs> over there. Oh, that is quite rude. You did not share with anybody, Sergeant Morris. No, I offered to share frequently. I think Ruby. Ruby also you. drank with you. The two of yeah. you got drunk. You guys missed out on almost everything that happened on the plane because you were passed out drunk. 
I just woke up on that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> if my eyes and poof, I was there. Again, I don't dream. I don't ask questions. My life is just this mysterious blur of occasions. It's delightful. We should talk about those dreams one of these days. That's not the time. But, you know, there's probably something there we should talk about. But not now, nah. not now. Yeah, like, let's just let's enjoy the ride. Yeah, so you guys continue on, and um, a few hours, uh, and all of a sudden the clouds start to dissipate, the red orbs move away, and the plane is now being flown once again by the, the pilots. And you look down below out your windows, and you can see a big, vast city down below, and the radio crackles, and you can hear voices coming over the radio. Again, you don't speak the language, but you can hear um, a conversation going on over the radio, and the pilots are... They seem to be kind of flustered and maybe adapting with what is being said to them. Uh, Pavel will inquire. Sure. Because you got the polyglut or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, is the radio... Can I hear the radio? You can hear the radio. Yeah, I'd say it's loud enough. Remember, it's just like a a sheet uh, separating the front and back, right? Right. Uh, What... uh, curtain. can I identify the language that's being communicated? Uh, e- yes. Do you speak? What do they speak in India? Hindi? Yes. Is it? Do I you speak Hindi. Hindi? I do. You can. Okay. You can. You can understand. It's coming through and it's saying. To actually, at this point, they would probably all be speaking English because it's still British. It is under British rule. You're not wrong. So I speak that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in Eng- well, these guys don't speak English though is the problem. Mm. But it, we'll say in Hindi, you hear uh, across the comms that um the army is wanting them to land at a nearby base for questioning as they have been gone for th- this plane and its designation have been missing for 3 months. And you're being ordered to land, and oh. you must answer questions as to your whereabouts, where you've been, and uh, what happened to you. Okay. Well, uh, I will tell. Uh, I, I I will do my best to, because I will do like a two way translation. Because if I recall, there was this. There was the flight attendant who actually could communicate with us, and also could communicate with the pilot. So in case she doesn't speak Hindi, I will translate that to her, and then she can communicate to them. Sure. And then I will look back at Henri and Sergeant Morris and like, funny story. Uh, we haven't been gone a few days. We've been gone a few months. Hey, magic. <laughs> this excuse seems extremely poor. The like 14th time I've heard it since I met you. Right. But it's not so much an excuse so much as an explanation. Like that's <laughs> we, we, literally we, we, we. what the answer is. It was magical. Welcome to your new life. Surprise. <laughs> You're three months older. I missed my birthday. <laughs> Oh, we'll have Aww. a party for you when we get down and meet the new the new team member. But uh, could you tell the pilots that um, go ahead and just land, like do what they say, and then we really need to come up with a story that makes sense. I think the whole like 
we got lost, plane went down bad, we ate like the other people or something on the plane, and then like we're the survivors or something. That would probably not raise any problems, right? That would be realistic. No, that true. Not, we I have a backpack Leo. full of bread. I don't think that is going to go over very well. I mean, I don't Leo's missing, for three so clearly we ate him. <laughs> Why is that the logical conclusion? Because <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm piggybacking off what he said. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> he was all about the team, that guy. He even gave himself over. Just oh, he sacrificed sure himself. He yes. turned himself into a delicious meatball in the end. He really did. He was stuck. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. This is the story you want to tell these people. Well, okay, we don't have to do the cannibalism thing, but the whole getting lost and saying we had to repair the plane and then we took off, I mean, that's pretty much the only story we can tell them because if we say the, all the other stuff, I think they're, they'll say we're crazy. If if we say we just got lost or we crashed or we ran out of fuel or the engine broke and we, we've been repairing it since, that's mm -hmm. pretty much the only story we have. And I just have one, one more question. What about the uh, red glowy thingies that we can't explain that is moving our ship? I, I was not drunk. with us anymore. They I don't, didn't. I don't know oh, they happened. wouldn't have seen that. No, they like... left. They're gone. See, they're not there anymore. Look out right there. Right, see the the wing right there with the. Wait, is the plane flying? It? Like they actually. Yeah, the pilots are flying it now. Oh, it was just. It's under out. their control. Remember, the, the fog oh, cleared. The okay. red orbs flew away, and it was under the control of the pilots now. Yeah, it's oh. like, you know, you need magic light to get into the magic city or something. I don't know. But now we're back in the regular airplane. Magic, magic, yes. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> sure. Whatever. It, it, it's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. We're lost. It's fine. Now we're found. Exactly. We should be really grateful. We should say, oh, my goodness. Thank you for saving us. Right. That's Cannibals. Totally true. If we want to go the cannibal route, I thought we'd move past that. But if we want to cycle back and I don't think it's going to fly not... because we probably would have eaten the marmot before we ate people. So how <laughs> dare you? You better watch yourself. He'll kill you in your sleep. <laughs> Careful. Kill. You think? Kill. Yeah. Kill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So the plane descends. It's a bit of a bumpy landing and as the plane comes to a halt and a stop you look at your windows and you can see that there are british um army soldiers all around it there's one man standing out in front and he's standing near the near the uh steps near the door for prepared to meet you greet you on your exit and as the door opens and the steps are lowered for you to leave uh he comes aboard the plane and he holds out his hand, and he's wearing his, his uniform, and he greets you all. He goes, uh, Lieutenant Arthur Tennyson, it's rather good to see you all. You've been gone for quite some time when we picked up word that your plane was in the air. We figured something was up. We thought you were lost. It crashed somewhere in the mountains months ago, and we've been searching for you. Well, part of that is true, but, you know, we got it back up and running on our own, and now we're back. It's great to see you. Nice to meet you, and, you know, introduce everybody if he doesn't know our names already. Yeah, he, he goes around, he goes, uh, who is this fellow? And he, he asks about Henri. He's from some made-up place. 
Vans, I think it was pants. What was it again, Henri? He just starts smoking a cigarette. Oh my. Oh dear. Where is Leopold? They ate him. <laughs> dear God, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> it, it, he went out the way he wanted, though. You know, it was... Meet him well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's what they told me to say. Uh, he's... Uh, I think he's just like We're in just a desert somewhere. We're playing joke. We're just playing joke. He uh he went off and uh, he was the one who decided to go like you know hiking off to find help. Why well, the rest of us stayed around to repair point? So shit. I don't know where he's at now. That's that's rough. You don't know where he's at. A spiritual journey. Can we trust this guy? Is this like the type of guy we can trust? Uh, as far as you could tell, like you could try reading him. He's a rank lieutenant. You can yeah. tell by his uniform. Uh, you can do an insight. Ba -ba -ba. Inside observation. You can do instincts, okay. particularly. Okay. 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 <laughs> Difficulty one. Oh, there you go. I got uh it. yeah he he seems general like he seems shocked he's actually kind of seems concerned when leopold's not there he's kind of surprised there's someone else here but he seems happy to to see uh, you relieved lieutenant. if you will lieutenant lieutenant whatever one lieutenant tennyson author tennyson yes, lieutenant um the, the, we are clearly having fun uh but uh, uh suffice to say uh he is not here with us. Uh, he is on a separate mission. Very important. You must trust that uh, he has uh, the good of the world at uh, you know at stake. And um, I cannot answer any questions beyond that. And this fellow here, Henry, is a um, is a very uh, effective uh, covert operative uh, and, and extraordinarily skilled uh, with uh, numerous weapons of very creative quality and will be an asset in whatever uh, missions we, we continue on. I see. You must not say too much here. We have a debrief planned for you tomorrow. You must. You can unwind. There are messages waiting for all of you from uh, Strang. Even from back me? home. I don't know who you are, so there's no message for you, but you can come along. <laughs> well, you said everyone, and now I feel excluded, so it's a... Well, I've right. a message for you. Get a piece of paper, pencil, write on it, fold it, hand it to you. It says, happy birthday. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sergeant Morris, that was... You see, he gets a cigarette and just burns it so nice <laughs> i will need to radio into old archie and see what to do with you this Henri fellow you all vouch for him of course i mean he killed a guy with a piece of bread he's amazing bread you say no baguette mm. i say save it for the debrief <laughs> gentlemen and he shows you all off, and you're taken to uh, a barracks nearby. You have your own quarters and everything. They're kind of like uh, sanctioned off from everything else. And uh, you, you, there's guards up and down the hallways, and you guys are escorted. Um, in your rooms, there is a message, an encrypted message, telegram, um, from Strang back home, reading over it. Um, the, the big things that stand out is that he... Uh, 
He says that you guys are now the front line in a secret war against the Nazi occult threat. Um, he mentions again that Section D has now been reassigned to Section M, and it's been given the uh, the name of the Department of the Uncanny, and you are all agents of it. He himself has gone to the country, which you can assume is code that he has moved from the base of operations in London to elsewhere um, to further uh, research and um, help you guys in this this quest against the occult Nazi threat. So you're in your rooms. You're all kind of like sectioned off from one another. You have nothing but time. Let me ask you this. Who has Ehrlichman's notes now that Leopold's not there? Uh, I guess since they are of a like academic nature, it'd probably mm -hmm. go to Pavel. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you make me a reason academia role, please? Just a single success is all you need. Any uh, any folk guy would work on this? Mm. I have occultism and linguistics in academia. No, not in this instance. This is okay. I will burn. Uh, yeah, go for Momentum. it. We're at the end of a scene, anyways. Basically, we're gonna yeah. end the day, so might as well use it. Yeah, yep, you're good. I'm good. Two successes. Uh, so yes, you have the book, and that reminds you that you sh should maybe consult Ehrlichman's notes about. These artifacts that you were you were spoken to about, the Agnaya weapon of the flame, the cup of Yima, and see if he's maybe written about these things in his book. Okay, so I will hunker down then. I will I will let Sergeant Morris know I've got some reading to do, and I will do that just that. Alright. You flip through the book. You have nothing but time at this point, and you find a couple passages um relating to this i'll show those to you now and they're in cursive so they're terribly hard to read the first one is elephanta island it says circa fifth century ad original name garaputi the island of caves renamed by the portuguese for the giant elephant statue on the island dedicated to shiva uh, below that says Alora, which is the name you were given of where you need to go to find this this one artifact, the Paladion. It says, on important trade route, lies along the edge of a two-kilometer escapement, 34 caves in total. Hindu, I don't know what that letter is at the beginning of that word, a Buddhist, created over a period of at least 300 years. Most important... Kailashana, representing Shiva's home, Mount Kailash, carved down from top of the cliff into the rock below over the course of 150 years on the orders of Arash Trakuta dynasty. Complex frequently tied to myths of Atlantis and lost underground uh, cities. See also notes on Var Persia which was the other place you were given. Uh, then it says, Agantha painted murals circa 2 BC to 5 AD. Uh, nothing of interest to this inquiry. Then it says, Hindu temples in North Shakara spire above inner sanctum. Worship takes place in the Garba 
Girtha, man, these words. South uh, Vilmana, pyramidal structures over inner sanctum instead. Musical columns tuned to specific notes. Why here? So these are the notes you could find in his journal specifically on India and what you where anything that has to do with what he was researching here. So Alora sticks out to you right off the bat because that's where um Serling Lama told you you need to go to find this thing. But there's other notes kind of relating as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's like it looks like there's four like larger sections and then subsections within each of those like subcategories yeah exactly okay so you're sitting there and you're looking it over and you're researching and you're reading up on all of this and Ehrlichman's okay. notes try to tie it together just have a few more clues even though you do have a name of a place to go start looking if there's any sorts of hints or clues to help you in your in your journey while you're while you're there but representing Shira's home on Mount Kailash okay all right so you guys are given food. It's delivered to your rooms. Um, and Tennyson kind of drops by and ensures on all of your, your well-being. And uh, tells you to get a good night's sleep and that uh, he'll meet you all together in the morning. And we can discuss what you've been through and what you've seen. So you guys hunker down for the night. In the morning, you're all woken by a soldier knocking your door. Inviting you to the mess hall for breakfast. You go to the mess hall. It's just... For you guys, it's completely empty except for you. You guys eat together. You can discuss, you know, the things you read if you want to, Pavel, and what you uncovered the night before, uh, before heading in and speaking to Tennyson. Yes, I will debrief the others, mm -hmm. of course, about what I've read. Yes, yes, we have lead, possibly. Cross-reference some of what Suri told us with what we had from Ehrlichman's notes. And I think we might have a place we could investigate, but we should probably do the debriefing first before making a decision i think yeah so after you guys are done you've chatted tennyson comes in he goes oh i hope you all had a good night's sleep last night if you please come with me we'll we'll get this underway and we can discuss what happened to you and uh, i can also tell you what's going on here in india there's some rather hmm, startling events that are taking place that may be tied to uh what you're what you all doing here please come with me he brings you down a hallway and opens a door into a, a classroom uh within the barracks uh within there is a tall indian gentleman in a military uniform he's sitting perched on the edge of the de of a desk and also sitting in there at one of the desks is uh aaron i'm gonna have you describe your character who's gonna be waiting there for them your new character so uh when you look in, you see a man who sit, sitting there. He's he's see, seated very erectly in a military posture, and at first, at first glance, you think he's an old man because his hair is completely white. But then you get a closer look, and it's just he's a young man. First impression is his hair must have been scared white. He's wearing a U.S. Army uh, captain's uniform, um, and he he's his face is almost completely dead a dead look to it, no emotions. And his eyes, his irises are so black, you can't differentiate between the irises and the pupils. And they almost, I mean, for a moment, you look at him and you, the first thing you think of is is a shark's eyes. I mean, just nothing there. And he just slowly looks at each of you. 
sits back, doesn't say a word, just crosses his arms. I like him. It is better <laughs> than your dreams being, you know, looked at without your consent. Yeah, this is good. So please, 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 come in, come in. This uh, here gentleman is, and before he could even finish uh, speaking, um, the the Indian gentleman in a military uniform, he walks over and introduces him. He's got a very stern look. He's a young man, very tall, very lean, stern look on his face. He introduces himself as um, Subdar Indrajit Koshi. He says, I am a King's Commissioned Indian officer of the Bombay Grenadiers. And he shakes all of your hands. It's good to meet all of you. Meet you. That sounds fancy. <laughs> then Captain gets up, walks over, looks at Sergeant Morris, Sergeant Got Captain him. Ulrich Wolf, Lieutenant McKay. I've been briefed on the two of you military assets. I don't know the Frenchman. But I do know you, Pavel, right? Yes, yes. Hello, Pavel Voracek. Pleasure to meet you. Hello, hello. Yes, right. You'll have a very interesting look to you. Well, I've seen some shit. Then again, from what I understand, so have you. Yes, yes, yes. I have. Yes, I see it changed your hair. Not mine. Just broke my psyche. So you know, yeah, we have lots uh... to talk about. Yeah, that, that we do. Let me be clear here to all of you. I've been sent from Section M, seconded here to help keep you alive, Pavel. You are the primary objective. Me? Your knowledge oh. of the Atlantean language, Atlantean history, and your whatever this hoodoo shit is people are telling me about uh, means that you and these artifacts are... My primary concern, everyone else, including myself, are expendable assets to be used to protect you to execute the mission. Questions, Sergeant? You seem to be looking at me. No, that's pretty much been my goal most of the time anyways. Good to hear. It's hard to find good NCOs. Glad we got one with us. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, well, I am just so very embarrassed right now. Like, that is a lot of attention. I'm not sure how to deal with it. But thank you. It is a pleasure to meet you. You all are very capable. And I am sure I, I've never felt safer. You do notice at his, at his side is a very, is a slim German officer's sword. Um, and that seems to be the only weapon he's got on him at the moment. But it is a little unusual. So you would pick up on it. That's more a Sergeant Morris thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool sword. And you also have a sword, Morris. Is it at your side? You guys going to compare swords? Yeah. I tried to give this one away. It was declined. Powell got it for me. It's amazing. For his not real birthday. And then I didn't get anything for Henri's real birthday. But he also didn't tell us until it was like after. So I can't be blamed for that. It's okay. I celebrated alone last night. I tried to give him a birthday card and he burned it. Yes. Right. <laughs> Interesting characters. I understand now. 
and Ruby's there. No wonder I pulled the short straw on this duty, but that's <laughs> fine. We can execute the plan. We'll even try to keep you alive, too. Unnecessary. Uh, oh, stop it. Of course we're going to try to keep you alive. I mean, we're not going to guarantee it, of course, but, you know, like, we'll try, like, for sure, you know? Don't worry, Pavel. You'll either get away with the artifacts as we die, or I'll put you down myself if you can't escape. The mission's Oh, free. great. Eh. Oh, wait. What, what, put me... Oh, you mean kill me? I thought... Oh, jeez. Oh. However, it's I see a no reason warm to... It's in here. I see no reason to exterminate your pet, so I'm sure he can want run free. Of course, we're not going to allow that eventuality to come to pass. We're going to succeed in this mission. Are we not, Sergeant Morris? Of course. All right, we're clear. Uh, with that um, uh, gentleman who had introduced himself prior, Lieutenant uh, Joshi, he goes, um, why don't we get Captain Wolf, myself, Lieutenant Tennyson, um, whoever this gentleman is, a Henri, up to um, up to speed on everything. We've read your reports from Vienna, Rome, Egypt. We don't know where you disappeared to after Egypt. Why don't you just give us an overview of just, just very high level of everything you've done so far? And he's looking at you all kind of skeptically, like he's judging you also. He sits, sits on the desk, leans back, and just looks at all of you sternly. So here's the thing. We were flying, and then these lights kind of came, and then we landed in this place with this, like, really super powerful, like, monk guy, and then, like, you know, we had to do something to save the world. There were these evil monks. We had to go screw them up pretty hardcore, and we did, and we had to, you know, destroy that thing. Then we came back, and all of that only lasted a few days for us, so we came back into, like, the sky on the plane, a couple months had passed, so that was weird. We didn't really expect it. But long story short, you know, good times. We killed Nazis and monks with blue hats, and we made progress in the war against the Nazi occult stuff. Oh, Nazis, monks. Where was this? Where Where were you? Where were you for the last three weeks? I mean, there was right. this whole thing of, like, walking through water and coming out in a different place. You know, oh, maybe that's right. time got a little, you know, wibbly-wobbly after that happened he's looking at you he's kind of judging you he's watching your mannerisms as you're you're saying this why don't you um refresh my memory about egypt what happened to egypt before you disappeared for the last few months so who's this asking us questions this again? is the Le- lieutenant uh joshi this is the the mm-hmm. of the bombay grenadiers this is the man that was sitting on the desk waiting for you when you came in Right. King's okay. Commission. You have like clearance. Like, I don't really understand how this all works. Being civilian and stuff like Sergeant Morris, Captain Ulrich uh, uh, or Wolf. Or... Is this like the type of thing we should share with him? No offense, by the way. I mean, I might be wrong, but Cap, if you're in the room, I'm assuming you're expecting us to be on the level with this guy. Is that fair to assume? I don't know, Matt. What's uh, what's my what 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 does yeah. Captain Wolf know about this guy? You you know he's on the level. He's very he's um kind of like a commanding officer here for for um the local Indian army. Um, so he's he's 
even though he's a lieutenant, he's got a lot of a lot of power here. And you were debriefed going into this, and you like basically what he's looking for and what you're looking for is you guys want to ensure that these are the Pavel, Jonathan, Ruby, and whoever the hell this guy is that they claim to be after disappearing for three months. They're not like Nazi spies or anything like that. And that's why he's trying to get them to like run through things, kind of like make sure stories check out, corroborate prior reports. Right. So like we went to, yeah, we went to Egypt and we had like this journey through the dreamlands where our friend Leo beat this like dude in like some sort of weird game. He and, was like, eaten, by the way, if you are wondering why he's not here, he they, he was consumed. By what? He interjects. Cannibalism. Great who question. Who ate him? We'll save that one for later. Well, uh, he's hanging anyhow. out with some dude who yeah. may or the may not. will save us. Like I think he was Atlantean. I'm sure, he, came he across was. that way. Yeah. Yes. So he's hanging out with some Atlantean guy, like you know, getting his brain all. It was already like here, but like now he's gonna get his brain waves like out here or something. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's he's he is still on mission, just a slightly different mission. Like he's taking bigger, broader picture, but we can still count him as an ally. Don't don't uh, don't worry about Leo. He. He will reach out to me in the dreamlands when it's time to, you know, do something else, I'm sure. Dreamlands. Right, don't worry. So we were there, we were doing things, and then, uh, well, uh, we, we we recovered, you know, one of these really strong artifacts, you know, Ruby's got it, she might be the chosen one, we think. Well, not, probably, she is the, what? We don't need to get it's clear that. she is right, exactly. You know, and then we fought some Germans. Like, uh, Leo picked a tank up with his mind, or no, not a tank, he picked a jeep up with his mind. And then Ruby shot, tried to drive a tank, and that was a rocky trip. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that is that this giant, really cool, with, with like your... giant worm thing that was like scared of the shield. Oh, that's right. Yes, I totally <laughs> forgot that was in the dreamlands, though. Yeah. Dreamlands were crazy. What was the name of the gentleman that you stayed with in your time in Cairo? Oh, just give me one second to flip back in my (laughs) notebook and I can totally get that information for you. Just, you know, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's up with you? Uh, Where is it? Major Mathers. That's it. That's yeah, Blythe Mathers. Blythe Mathers. I was remembering Blythe. Major Aloysius. That's Blythe. right, Aloysius. That's right. Aloysius Blythe Mathers. I've got he, like, leans back and goes, oh, okay, it checks. He looks over at uh, Tennyson. He looks at Wolf. Okay. Okay. And where did you pick up this one? He points at uh, Henri. Where did he come from? Right. So he says he's from some place called France, but we haven't confirmed that, but... We met him uh, in the same place uh, where Leo currently has has resident studying with uh, the Atlantean Surrey. Hmm. He's supposedly like a really good guy because like all of us were supposed to be fighting for good against evil, and he was recruited into that. Now, don't don't take his his outer personality uh, to, to as a judgment of his quality of person. He's actually a very nice guy. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no, it means I think you're a nice guy. You know that you're good. You're good. You know, yeah. I mean, you've got the Gregor seal of approval, so that's good for me. 
Mm. Okay. Well, seems to check. He looks at Tennyson. He looks at you, Wolf. Seems to check out. Yeah, the broad strokes are all there. Can't expect a civilian debrief to be all that precise, but mm. they hit all the high points. What do you, gentlemen and lady, know about the current situation in Bombay? Yeah, we're going to have uh, to go there and probably bad things are going to happen and we're probably going to have to kill a bunch of people. Okay. Have you heard of a group by the name of the Brides of Durga at all? And if so, do you know anything about them? You've never you heard of say, this. You've never heard of... Did you, you say Durga? Durga. I thought you meant... Yeah, I definitely don't know that. Because I have an uncle named Durga, and it's a totally different thing. <laughs> you see, he's got a... He's kind of like got a... He's not amused. He's got a little bit of a short fuse. <laughs> yes, he is. Slams his fist down on the desk. Is that the one? Oh, no, is that the answer? Does he, does he want to... Should we say no? No, he says no. no That's clue. fine. That's fine. You've been away for a few months. They're a group of crackpots, extremists, who've popped up here in India recently. British intelligence has gathered not many details on them, but uh, Lieutenant Denison, uh, Tennyson could fill you in on a bit more. Um, as he is a member of MI6 here watching them and keeping tabs on them. Tennyson kind of chirps up, but it's his turn now to talk. And, uh, yes, we have, uh, we've been... Uh, doing uh, what we can to learn about this group. They're newer. Uh, they've just popped up recently. Uh, we believe that they're all women. Uh, like uh, like Lieutenant Josie uh, said, that they uh, go by the Brides of Durga. Uh, you know, we, we, we've heard that they are receiving support from a foreign faction. We believe it may be the Germans. Uh, but uh, intel has been quite spotty so far. But there is there a rumor that they are looking to seek a weapon of some sort uh, near Alora, which ties into your debriefing. Does it not? Are you not headed to find some sort of artifact or something near Alora? Well, yes, that's certainly an option. We have uh, notes from, uh, was it uh, Mr. Ehrlichman, that it is one of the places, indeed. Mm. Yes, yes. But I'd love to go ahead and get it before them then let them get it and then have to fight them for it, especially if maybe they know how to use it, because that's the whole reason they were, like, translating things. Tactics. That's what I like to hear, Sergeant. Yeah, I'm known for my tactical insights. It's true. It's Not really what I've true. heard about you, but that's all right. We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's fair. Well, we Why are some they sort looking of for this? Well, I, we, like, we believe it may be munitions. We don't know what. Uh, we think they may uh, try to, uh, to, to attack uh, the Raj or something. They, we don't know what they're up to, to be quite honest. There's quite a uh, bunch of mystery around them. They're, they're just viewed as crackpots, nationalists, but crackpots could be dangerous. And, you know, we're going to head there and look to see if there's some sort of weapon cache that they're, that they're hiding or they're moving towards. Like I said, we believe they may be in league with the Germans. Or the, you are also headed there for some sort of weapon. What do, what do you know of this? Well, 
couple interesting things about and so i will fill in what we know about the egg uh was it agnia is that what it's called yeah a-g-n-e-y-a if you're for spelling okay so I, the, Agnaya, the weapon of the flame weapon of the flame so yeah so i'll debrief on that and then uh, i'll debrief more specifically on what was in uh Ehrlichman's notes that okay. i read through this yeah as you're describing this he pulls out a pipe he doesn't stuff it's back right he just kind of starts tapping it on the desk as he's listening to you almost like he's concentrating fidgeting playing with this thing interesting interesting hmm. <laughs> as i Watch. sneeze thank you hmm no, we don't have any reports of anything like that, to, per se, but uh, perhaps you would be interested in joining us as we head to Alora. We are heading there with uh, a few detachments of troops to try and intercept them and see exactly what is going on. Stop any sort of threats. We're clearly joining you. Isn't that right, team? I mean, yeah. I am French. Why would I take orders from an American? No, you not be taking just... orders from the Americans. It would be from the Indians. Oh, Lieutenant, well, uh, if he would have said something, then I would have said we. Joshi here is going to be leading this uh, expedition, uh, and he's been given the full authority uh, to, uh, to look over the services of the Bombay Grenadiers. They'll be at our full disposal. I know it's an unusual situation, but this is the only leads we have, and there's been a lot of rumors. We we haven't been able to learn much about these these brides of Durga, and we can't risk so, them being in league with the Germans, as reports are somewhat suggesting. You said you had MI six agents, so like they weren't able to come. That this is this is the report for. That's all they got. I am an MI six operative. This. This 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 outfit has been very secretive. We know, like I said, they're only women. We've learned also that they that they worship Shiva. And oh. uh, they're extremists. They're willing to kill others and even themselves for their goals. And their goals is, as you know, is really just to get this weapon. You don't necessarily a know what they plan. A weapon of some sort. We're worried that um, the Germans might be launching some sort of attack here and extending their arm of the war out here in India. We want to taking out like British colonies and that is in the air. something like that against. <laughs> yes, you. indeed. Is that it? Yes. Okay, I'm seeing it now. So we we worry about what it is they're up to. Well, we definitely can't let the Germans get a toehold in, in here. Yes, indeed. That's right. If anybody's going to irresponsibly handle an artifact they don't understand, it's going to be us. Why do you speak That's... of an artifact over and over? How do we how do we know it's not weapons? Bombs, well, guns, uh, ammunition? Right. Maybe we I should mean, use a different on. word. Tanks? You've, What's that term? Like tank? Arkham Razor or something? <laughs> it's always like, something weird. But what, regardless of what it is, we got to get there first, and we got to find it, and we got to keep them from getting it. Doesn't really matter what it is until we get there. Yeah, 
Let's cut the crap and get to work. <laughs> cut the crap. Yeah. Like it. I like the crap no is one... like half my right. operational usefulness. <laughs> Captain, I mean, he's like he, he's stonewalling us when we come in, but this I hear this. I don't this understand. Right. There is there no one has pooped. Why are we cutting <laughs> crap? I'm just gonna go smoke in the corner. <laughs> Happy birthday! We will leave immediately to Bombay. We will fly there, and then we'll make our way to Alora. Okay, I mean we've you had can... some weird luck with planes lately, but that's cool. We uh, feel free to take any uh, arms or ammunition you may need that's here in the base before we head out. Hmm. What Captain the, Wolf uh... would gather the group real quick first and be sure. Listen. Clearly, this group is not a military organization. You all work for Section M for whatever reason. And I understand that you operate in some sort of pseudo-democracy. And I'm okay with that. Um, I've explained my mission parameters. Um, I'll try to dial back the soldier in me. Um, but I make no guarantees. That's right. You got a good head on your shoulders. You say something, we'll listen. So I mean, we got some time. Executed, we yes. got some time between here and Bombay. If you've got questions about me or what I bring to the team, feel free to ask him. I'll either tell you to go to hell or I'll answer them. One of the two. Well, he they will just read your mind. So sorry. No, that no. was Leo's thing. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, your dreams. Let me be more specific. Hey, well, that's way listen, nobody goes in my dreams. Well, there's no if, such thing if as anybody, consent, apparently. Anybody drags me back into the dreamlands ever again. When I wake up, I'm going to tear their fucking hearts out. <laughs> All right. Let's know, be who clear. Would do something like that. Right. Who would? That's cool. You've been too. This horrible that's why he's got there. like shark eyes and like crazy hair. That's where I got this sword. It was quenched in my own blood as they tried to kill me on the plain, on the plateau of Ling in oh, Wellwistburg Castle. That's badass. Under the black sun. So I'm here to tell you, that place is hell, and I don't ever want to go back. You would not like the previous guy. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. All right. So you guys are shuffled onto a plane. You're flown to Bombay that day. Uh, when you arrive on the um, on the landing strip, there are already three trucks sitting there waiting for you. And there are two sections of the Bombay Grenadiers waiting for you. It's about 20 men all standing there waiting at attention, armed with uh, Lee, and Lee Enfield rifles. Uh, you guys get off the plane. They salute the commanding officers as they do so. Lieutenant uh, Josie um, motions for them to stand down. And you're given a quick briefing by Lieutenant Tennyson. He tells you you're, you're heading to uh, the temple of Kalisthana uh, north of here. It's about oh, a few kilometers. Uh, it's about 354 kilometers, 350 kilometers approximately. It should take us at top speed, maybe five, six hours to complete the journey. So, so it shouldn't be too, too long. 
Uh, was there anything you need to pick up before we leave? You see, Captain Captain Wolf's got his uh, carbine, and he's got a. You can tell he's got a pistol in his shoulder holster, and got his flak his flak vest on. He's he's ready to go. Okay. So you guys board these three trucks, and they immediately they lurch. You hear the engines start up, and they uh, you guys take off, and you hit the roads uh, right after you leave, like this 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 army barracks. Um, you hit your typical Indian roads at that time, which are just dirt roads that have been traveled by carts. So it's really bumpy. It's very uncomfortable, as you said, oh, and it's very hot. I'm assuming none of you have been to India. None of your characters have been to India before. And the heat is the first thing. You know, even though you were in Delhi before, but being out here now in one of these trucks, the heat is just staggering as you're traveling on. Remember, you were, what, we were, what, November when we left? Mm-hmm. So we're January, February now. It's summer here, right? Winter over North America, summer here, and this the heat is just pelting down you. But it's bumpy, it's uncomfortable. But you guys, it's pretty uneventful. The most you see along the way is you see just like um nomadic people. Uh one of the soldiers can let you know, or even Tennyson can tell you know they're known as the the Benchara nomads, and they're you see them herding massive stocks of cattle beside the road and traveling together. The men they all wear um like white tops and bottoms. They have um red and orange turbans on their heads. The women wear an array of red, black, green, blue, and white. Their clothes um, are embroidered with shells, and they also have tiny little mirrors all over their clothing as well. They're woven into and sewn on there. But you guys are traveling, 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 and after some quite some time, you come around a bend, and next you know, boom, the truck's just slam to a halt and you guys are all kind of jarred and you poke your heads out from the back and you look around and it looks like the the road is completely covered in one of these herds of cattle uh from these nomad groups and the cattle aren't really moving the tribe that they belong to the benjara tribe they belong to don't really seem to be moving them along or in any sort of uh any sort of rush uh, soldiers kind of get out and they're kind of shouting and they're trying to get things moving along, but um, nobody really seems to be in any sort of rush on the other side. Lieutenant Joshi, how much, how long is this delay going to last? Goes, I don't know. I can get out there and we can sh try to shoo them ourselves. We gotta, we need to get them out of the road. And as he's kind of talking to you, you see a man come over to you and, um, he kind of greets a group of you, and he starts speaking in Hindi to um, Joshi. And anybody who understands Hindi, I'm, I'm assuming it's just Pavel at this point. You can he introduces himself as the um, the leader of this group, and uh, he says, uh, I, I, "I can't, I can't move them. I can't get them out of the way. I, I apologize." He's explaining to Joshi, and Joshi's getting like kind of short tempered. You know, get these damn cattle out of the way now. We're on an important important mission here you can tell he's getting very frustrated and the the gentleman who who introduced himself um and you understood this pavel as a uh, jadav 
um, is he's getting quite flustered and he's he's trying to help, but he's um he doesn't know what to do as he's being ordered around by this man. I'll be translating for everyone, of course, and so that anyone who doesn't speak now knows what's being said, and they'll have it like ninety percent accurate, and some Pavel flourishes. Uh, but it it seems as though the there is it cattle. Is that what you said it was? Yeah, it's all it's people? all cows. You see uh, a soldier raise a gun in the air to like fire it in the air to try and get them going, and one of the the people from this nomadic tribe they come over and they lower the gun, and you see that the leader describes like, "Oh, you can't don't startle them, don't startle them. It's gonna be worse. It might they might run into your trucks." No, no. maybe we just introduce like some adorable but unusual creature that they're not used to and they <laughs> ah! instinctively want to move oh away my from goodness it. i love that it's kind of like having a cattle dog except obviously gregor's like a hundred times better than a blue healer we could do a combo i will set some breadcrumbs up ahead and tell gregor to lead them towards the bread <laughs> and they will start to munch off the path Look at this guy team player gregor will climb out of the wicker <laughs> basket on my back coughing as he does and <laughs> I'll, I'll light i'll light him a new one as we separate going different directions takes a long drag hops out of the back of the back of the vehicle throws it to the ground and just grinds it out coughs a bit is this what we're doing is this our plan we're using yeah, a marmot go, to scare the, do, the cows well, yeah and i'm gonna Bye. do like baguette like <laughs> breadcrumbs to, to get them to, to go them. eat okay like munch away from the road. So what are you? So what you're trying to use the marmot to scare them? So you know, push I mean, them in that direction. Heard them. Heard like, them. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Erlich is uh, he's he's scanning around trying to see if there's anything that's causing them to just stop here. It just seems like they're 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 tired. It's hot. They've decided just to kind of hunker down here. You could use. Like, what are the edges of this herd? I mean, like, how far out does this extend? It's, it seems to be, like, gathered around the road and on the road itself. There's probably only, like, 30 cows here in total. It's not a huge massive, but it's enough to cause a problem. And they're all just standing there. And, like, members of this tribe are, like, kind of, they're clapping a little bit to try and shoo them and move them. And they're just not doing... Is there any way to drive around? Yeah. So no, unfortunately, there mm -hmm. isn't uh, to drive around them here. you got... A cliff on one side and kind of a well the other I mean, way to do this and i don't i'm i'm just offering this as an option not saying this is the best decision i could just drop a whirlwind right in front and just no. lift them and place them elsewhere they might not be alive when i put them down yeah, the, but they won't be in the well, world you know that these creatures are sacred to these people here <laughs> let's right like, let's make like, it, I like said. option d I, I obviously you know Henri and his bread and Gregor, like that's like what I would love. It is if top tier. Push comes to shove, I'm willing to just shove them, you know. But they would have to push you. Oh, well, you know, I, sure. Okay. You know, how about <laughs> this? I, I think Pavel and, and, and Gregor, like we spent many a time traveling around. Now, Cows were not his thing, obviously. It was mostly donkeys and goats and everything. But, you know, he, he does have some... He's, he's a fairly good survivalist. 
So I, I think I would like to at least try with Gregor and I, and perhaps even with Henri's assistance, to just see if we can just go out there, just maybe a different voice, and see if I can just use, like, you know, some sort of uh, some sort of natural way of moving them before yeah. we completely obliterate these sacred creatures. I love it. I realized I actually have skill points in survival. Yeah. Madness. Uh, well, I was going to say you could do like a will tactics roll to try and like Ooh. coordinate and get these things, try to shoo them and move them, like coordinate this whole thing, move them along. We're going to use that as our roll. Tactics, not like animal handling or... <laughs> Sure, you can use animal handling. <laughs> I don't actually have animal handling. I was just looking because I wouldn't roll tactics and I have zero. I'll it's roll a, tactics. It suggests you your will tactics handling. and leadership as the uh... leadership. I know, I know. Cows? There's an Look animal out. handling. I, I know, I know. Don't ask questions. Magic. Right, magic. Magic. They're magical cows. Yes, they are. Do not harm these cows. Uh, so I, if if you're doing tactics, that's that's you, Jeremy. Okay, I'll give it a go. Then. Boom! That's all you need. All right. So you have. How do you start shooing these things off? Or what do you do to to ignite this movement in the cattle? All right. So first thing first, like one of the things I remember back home, usually you do something to kind of get get you know the field of vision that you don't want them paying attention to. Get some blinders to the side of them. Then you kind of just get up. You introduce something unusual behind them. They can't see to the sides of them. They're not quite sure. So they just kind of start shuffling forward. You know, and I just, you know, I get Gregor chittering. You know, I do some rock, paper, scissors with him, kind of get him worked up. Maybe he hacks a little bit after a cigarette, you know, and then we just kind of keep, you know, if, if some of the people of this fellas, they're willing to work with us, they can walk to the sides. The cows kind of keep their eyes, you know, veering forward. It's kind of like, you know, the way you get cattle to go through a shoot before they're slaughtered. But, you know, we're not going that far with it. Yeah. All right. So the, the leader, he comes over to you and he's like thanking you. He's like grabbing your arm and kind of sh like shaking it and thanking you. You don't know what he's saying, but he looks really happy. Hey, you, you, yeah. Yeah. So you shoo the cows up ahead. Um, up the road, you guys are slowly driving behind them, and you get to a point where you can they can be shuffled in off to the road, like beside the road, and out of your way. And the nomad tribe is also walking slowly with the cattle as they're being shooed up, and the trucks are slowly driving forward. And you finally get to an area that's clear, and they can be moved aside. And again, that leader comes over to uh, Lieutenant Josie, Joshi, and uh, and and you hear him probably goes. Uh, my 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 bagat is very not baguette bagat is very <laughs> is very very thankful and would like to meet some of the people in your in your in your party if if they may and he he looks and he points over in your direction pavel and you can hear this you're listening to it he would like to to meet them if that is okay and uh bagat in in their language it translates to like magician or priest you'd know that um knowing the language pavel so this is the the leader has come the, over to this Lieutenant. is jadev is that what yeah jadev okay the banjara leader 
And so I'm overhearing him. Yeah, you're hearing this. And he's pointing at you and like the like the the five of you. Oh, but uh, look, Pavel doesn't need an excuse to be friendly. So he will like, oh, come, let's say that he wants to meet us. Come, 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 come. Hello, hello, hello. And I will speak, obviously. In yeah. Hindi. Yeah. And he, yeah. He, he welcomes you and greets you. And he take, clasps your hand and he welcomes you. Oh, thank you so much, so much. Thank you. Thank you for 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 doing that in such a peaceful manner and moving the cattle yes. forward. You're very grateful, very grateful. Uh, 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 Namido, our, our Bagat, he, he he's requested to meet the the five of you. He, he says well, did he been, request he, this? If you he's been standing next to the cows, he's been waiting for you. He says. Okay. Well, the tribe's been there. The oh. tribe's been there. They've been walking with you. Also, they know who you guys are. Everybody's kind of watching and walking. Are they here? Like nearby? Or? He's here. He's here. We are setting up uh, some seats because uh, they they have tr- um, like a, they're traveling nomads right so they have their belongings with them he said there's this uh tree over there you can go sit under and he's he's waiting to speak with you i would be happy to go speak who, who wants to go speak with mito a guy who says that he's been waiting for us in this completely Nam-Dio. and totally Sounds random like... blockage of traffic yeah you well know what? if he's well, a big Bob... deal we should like we should take some of our special teapots and like our tea like Let's share like a super special like Atlantean tea with this dude. If he's like their magic person. Sure. What what yeah. uh, Captain Wolf? What, what what do you think? I think Pavel, if you want to go talk to this guy, I'm gonna be attached to your hip because nobody is gonna put you in the in the ground unless it's me. Unless it's you. Right, of course. <laughs> yes, this is a weird relationship here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I feel like we're friends. Am I your hostage? But no, we'll cover that later. Uh, I just think so often the locals can give you more information than the MI6 agent who thinks he knows some. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize you were standing there, Lieutenant Yoshi. One moment. And yeah, I'll go over. Henry's going to stealth, but not go with you. Like he's going to sneak around to try uh, and roll me a stealth difficulty too. You're the I also want to be. Like away from you don't speak Hindi, but yeah, go for it. You want to be away like, from, like outside the building or wherever they're meeting, like somewhere. And they're like meeting under a tree. There. There's a tree nearby, and he's. Well, just because we're meeting a random person doesn't mean something bad's gonna happen. That's true. So, so I'm rolling stealth. Oh, I keep doing that. I click the ability, and then it, not the skill. You're fine. All right, so you kind of blend in. You you go into the herd of cattle. Uh, people don't really notice you, and you're off. I'm holding the udders under a, a cow. Gross. Okay. Uh, <laughs> whoever's going is guided by Jadav, the leader of this nomad group. Um, and he brings you. You can hear someone singing as you're heading over to this tree. And on the other side of this tree, you see a, a small old man. He's sitting there cross-legged, and he's singing away, and he stops when he sees you. He's got deep, deep wrinkles in his face, and he smiles when he sees the, the four of you. Um, and... I will smile and then stick my tongue out at him because we just learned that. And he... <laughs> that, that's the Tibetan. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. he, he kind of turns his head, and he... He 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 moves his head. He bobs his head from side to side when he sees you. He goes, "I'm honored to meet the bearers of the goat's eye." He says, 
He says he's honored to meet the barrels of the goat's eye. Or which one of you is carrying a goat's eye? If you remember, those necklaces that you were the given eyes. to go underwater were looked no. like an eye. Oh. Oh, uh, well, hello. Uh, <laughs> pleasure to meet the sitter under the tree near a traffic jam. <laughs> Make me uh, an insight uh observation role. This guy anybody anybody who's to... there can is this sir actually no this is it's gonna be just it's gonna be just um jeff and jeremy who makes this role okay. inside observation uh do we have that one momentum because I'll, I'll i'll burn it if... i think so i think just i got it from my yeah. yep all right i'll burn it just in case huh oh my oh, god oh. i'll take the thread because oh, come I on jeremy that? thank you so much <laughs> That's I'll take. Clutch. I'm gonna take the threat for that because we're not gonna have a. <laughs> no, 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 no! I want you to teleport twenty casters on us right now. Do oh it. my god! Um, different fight tonight. <laughs> you're sitting there, and like you're, you heard him whistling this tune, and you recognize it, uh, Jonathan. You've heard this tune before, and you kind of think back, and you go, "You've heard Serling Lama kind of humming this tune that this man, old man was whistling, and also uh, Sheikh Janin in Egypt. You overheard him kind of singing the same tune that this old man is whistling under the tree. I will horribly butcher trying to whistle it. <laughs> the whistle it back, the same tune? Yeah, because it's one of the things like you hear a song that you vaguely remember, you kind of just... That's a good one. Um... Only really interesting people know that one. I'll I'll let Pavel know. I've heard it before. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. Oh, well, you are very clever. I didn't realize you were so musically inclined. Yeah, actually, like, because well, there was the thing in the notes about, like, the music. So, like, I had oh. music on the brain. That's what it is. Boy, you are, you're not just muscle, are you? You're like the whole package. Yeah. I've been I've been called a package before. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't really understand what it was supposed to mean. Compliment, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Wait, does that mean this is sorry? And does that mean wait, does that mean that the other guy was sorry too? Are they all the same people? It could be. I don't know. I don't ask questions. I'm gonna say yes. Why not? Let's go with it. And, and he said he would he not. He said he would not us. remember. You hear under the cow. Oh my god! The <laughs> cow is talking. They are holy. <laughs> holy cow! It's just like it's just like Gregor. We should take French the cow with us too. The French cows. <laughs> Captain Wolf um, just kind of bows his head. He grabs the bridge of his nose. <laughs> it's like. What have I gotten myself into? Uh, you get used oh, to it. Oh, it's only going to get better. Oh, yes. Yes, we make it fun. Um, uh, so uh, the Bagat um, says to you, Pavel, because you understand, he says, you may ask me questions about your journey ahead. What would you like to know? Oh, uh, Captain, he says we can ask him questions. He might have intelligence on our journey ahead. Is there anything you would like me to ask him? What does he know about those brides of Durga? What kind of a threat do they represent to our mission? And I will translate that perfectly. Like not no Pavel flourish, just the straight question. He uh, he says, I I know they're headed to Alora, just like you. 
but you must beware of the spirits of ignorance and loss, for their touch is the mind's oblivion. If the red mother's wives and the wolves in sheep's clothing prove to be too much, call for the venerable blue warriors from the north. They will be listening. Pavel will translate that again <laughs> perfectly. You can make me, uh, Pavel, you can make me a Reason Academia occult specific role if you'd like. Oh, oh that's, that's great. Okay. I know you've been waiting for some occult here. The blue reason, huh? Blue People warriors make... from the north. Right, sounds just like the blue warriors we just. Those were blue-hatted monks. <laughs> well, Oops. they're using the and same They weren't color. very good warriors. I mean, they got their asses kicked like really bad. Uh, I'm going to give you a threat just so I can roll this because I don't have very good reason. Sure. Like I do have. So focus. Oh, nice. yeah. So you kind of like you're sitting there and you're trying to decipher and glean what he's talking about. So um, from the wet red mother, you with your background in occult and, and things like that, uh, it probably refers to Durga who is often shown wearing a uh, red as a symbol of action. And the blue warriors of the north, um, a little trickier, but you do recall hearing of a, a group or a, uh, a, a sect of Sikh warriors known as the Nihons, who wear blue and are known to reside in the north of this region. Okay. And obviously, Pavel would be... Sharing everything with his new best friend, Captain Wolf. Sure. So what, what you're telling me, Pavel, is this gentleman is telling us to worry about the actual Durga, as well as this cult of crazies. Possibly knocked wolf agents based on this whole wolves in sheath clothing, and that we might get help from a group of seek warriors who wear blue yes that, that sounds right yes yep mm -hmm. he also interjects almost like he understands wolf and he goes oh and the music music is your key to entry your first steps into the temple well Bob, that's gonna ask be him sergeant Morris. what music what, what, what music was it what you were having Remember there was remember there was music or something meant uh, like that mentioned musical columns tuned to specific mm -hmm. notes is mentioned mm -hmm. in the notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so that's key to your end to the entrance. But does he know what notes we need to touch, press, play these columns? I think sing under the cow. Yeah, I don't my pitch ain't so good, so I think you're right, Magical Cow. I think Sergeant Morris will have to sing our way into the temple. Hey, yeah, okay. Pavel, ask him if we're supposed to summon these uh, these blue warriors of the north. Uh, how do we go about doing that if we need backup? Good question. How how do we contact them? Like I can summon. He, he just things, reaches but to usually his, just weather. He just reaches to his ear and tugs his earlobe. He says, "They will be listening. They will be listening." He just repeats. And smiling at you, right? More oh. of this, more of this hoodoo shit, right? Yes, that's exactly what he said, but not okay. with the profanity. Uh, yes, all right. <laughs> Wolf, okay. is you're kind of like he could, you're, you're kind of skeptical and and uh, not buying it. He reaches out and he takes your hands and he grabs a, a few cowrie shells 
and um, he places in your hand and then places some saffron colored thread into each of your hands along into your hand with it and he kind of holds his hand on top and he does this to each of you and he explains that it's a representation of Lakshmi our goddess and a symbol of good fortune I hope you will not need it but it never hurts to be prepared and he smiles and he wishes you good luck good luck on your journey Thank you, that We appreciate the guidance you have given us. Hey, ask him one more question. Does he know any oh, shortcuts more... to this place that we're going? We can maybe yeah, get he'll... ahead of these people. He'll do the Columbo thing. He'll start walking. <laughs> oh, one more thing. <laughs> do you know a quicker way to get to the temple? Hmm. He, he smiles. He says, it does not matter at this point. The, the Red Mother's wives and the sheeps in wolf's clothing have already... Got, are already ahead of you and have beaten you to it. You must oh. retrieve the weapon before they do. Right then. Well, so then. we're done talking. Let's move out and draw fire troops. We got to get on the road. Yep. Goodbye, Nameta. Thank you for your advice. Okay, come, magical cow. Let us go. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's just a normal cow. <laughs> Doesn't have a French accent when I'm used. Doesn't. <laughs> um, <yeah>. Sacre <laughs> me. No. Oh, God. oh, goodness. Here we go. Oh, it hurts me. <laughs> All right. So you get back in the trucks. You say goodbye. The nomadic tribe waves to you as you continue on full speed down the road. You guys carry on the tracks, the road towards the caves of Alora, and you eventually hit some scrubby woodland, um, and you're unable to go any further in your trucks. And you're gonna have to leave them here and move on foot. Lieutenant uh, Josie uh, informs you. But the thing you notice that there are also five German Opel Blitz trucks already parked here. Lieutenant, we might want to leave a contingency of forces with our vehicles, pull them back. Let's spike the tires on these German trucks and sand the engines. They get back here. I want them walking out of here, not driving out of here. Hey, she's so say, mean. I love it. Orders his men and they start doing that. They take out their knives and they're popping the tires and making these things render them useless. Too bad your old friend's not here. What, you said he could pick up trucks? Good Put God his almighty. mind and then smash it into a different truck. Mm-hmm. Don't feel intimidated by him. You're very good at what you do. Yeah, right. But you can't fill his shoes, though. But you can fill your own, so there's that, you know. <laughs> You've done a lot of funny drugs, haven't you there, Pavel? That's all right. Just life. Care. You know, just life. It's everything from the earth, you know. If it grows out of the earth, it's probably fine. Fair enough. Lieutenant, are you are you coming in with us? Your men coming in with us, or are you just gonna hold perimeter? Uh no, we're gonna accompany you as well. We're going in there to support you. All right, let's do this. All right, so you Sar- guys Sard Morse, you got point. Move out, soldier. All right. 
I'm excited. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Are we being sneaky? I love when we're sneaky. We're very good at it. We're so good we at it. We forgot to tell Captain Wolf about that, how good we are at sneaking. We're amazing at stealth. You told really me good. you suck at stealth. That is why we didn't do it with the last plan. That's why I went by myself with Pavel. Well, you see, yes, we but... wanted to try, but then, you know, things and stuff. Communication problem, you know. And then things kind of got at the hand really fast. Mm-hmm. But you were really good at it until you fell off the building. It had nothing to do with being quiet. I did. I just said until you fell off the building, you were very good. You know what? I was going to give everyone a butt get, but... And no. this is us stealthing as we move forward. Yes. <laughs> I'm giving you a compliment. Ah. Always focusing on the negative. So you set out through the brush. You eventually come to a river. And there's a rickety bridge leading to the other side. You cross that and... On the other side, there are several caves. There's smaller, lesser caves as you're moving, and you keep pushing on through them. You're kind of watching. You can see that people have been through here. It's all trampled, and a great number of people have been through here recently, it looks like. And you press on uh, until you eventually come to this grand cave, and its entrance is magnificently carved with weathered gods and goddesses and a variety of different poses. And above the doorway is a balcony. Uh, that gives a view of the whole area. All of a sudden you can hear like a clicking coming from Ruby's backpack. And she pulls out that statue that was given to her by Serling Lama. And you can see the arms are now outstretched and pointing into a particular rock temple. Like I said, there's a number of them around here. You're in a big grand one. There's different offshoots and it starts pointing it's pointing up at the direction of one certain temple. When you move it away, its arm starts to lower. When you move it back in front of that temple, its arm raises straight ahead, pointing you onwards to where you assume you must be going. And then it swivels back and points at the, the shield on what's his name on Jonathan's back. <laughs> Having this like craziness. It's doing dance moves, doesn't know where to point. So you guys Well, Lieutenant McKay, Sergeant Morris, looks like we've got a direction. Let's move out. Yeah, you guys move into the caves and it's pitch black in there um assuming, <laughs> we're assuming the soldiers oh you can see in the dark the soldiers brought torches with them and are properly equipped for this uh <laughs> but you head in are you taking the point now Henri? as you can see in the dark i will without telling anybody since all right roll me your stealth roll me your stealth you only need first. one one here okay as you disappear into the darkness <sighs> Um, boom, ba, ba, boom. All right, so you disappear into the darkness. You start moving silently through there. You can see everything around you again. There's carved figures. There's like murals, old cracking, flaking murals on the walls in this cave. And ahead of you, you can see a magnificently carved entrance to something else that leads into what almost appears to be like a courtyard. It's square, the entrance, and it's got all sorts of uh, symbols and writing all around the outside of it. Um, and from here, looking in, you can see there are some torches that have been lit and are just laying on the ground. So there's some light flickering, and you swear it looks like there's like maybe uh, the shadows of, of people 
maybe laying on the ground, not moving, kind of scattered about from here. You can see you can't really make out numbers as you're kind of standing on the outside. Uh, you can get up to the entrance, you peer in. It looks like maybe there's like half a dozen what appears to be German soldiers laying there. They've got the black armbands in their arm with the wolf's paw in the middle of it. Laying there motionless as these torches are burning and flickering on the ground around them. That's all you really see in here. And it's like a courtyard that you're looking into from this entrance. And it leads to like another there's a, door? Or yeah, so inside the courtyard then there's there's um there's another building or a like a central temple within here. Um scattered around the courtyard, there are stone carvings of elephants everywhere, just looking in every direction. Like you can't escape their gaze. I will yeah, sneak up to one of the Germans to see, like, if I can figure out if they were, like, injured somehow, or if they just seem unconscious, or if it is magic. Sure. Like, if he doesn't have, a, you know, a reason yeah, why, make, but just to see. Uh, I won't make you re-roll. You go to the nearest one, and they're lying, and you get over there, and they appear to be, like, white as a ghost, their skin, and their mouths, their eyes are wide open, almost, like, stuck in a state of fright, like they were screaming Ooh. and frightened. And they uh, don't seem to be die. conscious. You don't, yeah, and you don't see any wounds on the bodies whatsoever, uh, at least on this one. And um, yeah, his heart is not beating. You check, he's dead. There's no pulse. You grab his his wrist. Yeah, I will quietly sneak back and kind of relay the unnatural state of their, you know, death or you know the state that they're in. <sighs> Well, looks like we got our work cut out for us. Don't anybody here get the heebie-jeebies like that. What? People keep using all these terms that I am so unfamiliar with. Don't get so afraid that you piss your pants and stop your heart. Mm, you shorten that, it's the heebie-jeebies. Right, it doesn't really have a ring to it when you say it like that. It's kind of long. <laughs> I mean, we could just say, don't be a piss pants, if you like that better. <laughs> then you get the alliteration. Pava, you got any idea what could do something? Well, it's... To soldiers many, like this. Many things could probably supernaturally destroy someone's soul or spirit, but we were told that music was the first, uh, first step. Perhaps they did not know the right notes, chords to get inside and whatever... Mm -hmm. Whatever's guarding that, that the music bypasses uh, did this to them. At least that is my my first guess. Right, and there were statues, so maybe we need to walk up to one and make some sort of note to each of them? Well, let's fan out and see if we can figure out what's going on in here before any of us end up like them. Yeah, so you enter and you start looking around. Um... As soon as like the group of you enter and you start to step in and you see almost like a white mist appear by some of the statues and these ethereal figures glide out of the statues and carvings nearby. And at first they look like like very handsome, beautiful men and women, but soon their their visages change to anger and their lips curl into furious snarls 
and they transform into these red ethereal beings with six arms and no legs floating through the sky angrily towards you. They look like that. And there's about eight to ten of them. Holy and we'll, crap. And we'll leave off there. <laughs> we'll start with combat next time. Uh, well, that's going to be Leo's, a fun fight. Leo's armor spells still on. Yeah, yeah. Leo's spells <laughs> are still intact. Uh, uh, Ruby should be back with her supernatural dagger next week. I was, I was about to say I should swipe that from her. What? That's terrible. Don't do that. Fortunately, when she's, when she's here, does have a his sword is a bane weapon. That berserk sword so bad. There we go. All right, so we'll leave off there. Our journey to the temple to find the next paladin is well underway. We might actually we'll see how long it goes, but uh, we'll probably get through India pretty fast here as well. Uh, so let's do around tables here, Jeff. What do you got going on? Yeah, tomorrow night, twitch.tv slash the lollygaggers. We're playing Hunter the Reckoning. You can see uh, Aaron and I in that game. Uh, Saturday, we are playing uh, One Ring 2nd Edition. Monday, Jeremy and I will play some Holler for Savage Worlds. And we have a new game on Tuesdays now, Haunted West. Uh, our friend Steven is, a, is GM in that game. Uh, I am a player. Uh, and it's very fun. We just started this week. It's like Weird West, uh, Haunted West stuff. So it's good times. Very cool. Aaron, what do you got going on? Uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Uh, British Summer Time, we are going to be playing some more Blades in the Dark, where our crew of assassins, the Red Ledgers, will start their second score, and we may see somebody put on a dive suit and go into one of the haunted canals oh, of cool. Duskwall. That's that cool. is could happen. Tough choice. That is, <laughs> that is that is very cool. Lead Belly is a bold and, and terrified man, or terrifying man. I'm gonna die. Uh, yeah. you, it's you? It's, it's uh, in the dark. You're not supposed to live, right? Yeah, yeah. Nope. Then uh, Monday on Garblight Games, there is City of Mists with Ben running that. Tuesday, I believe Millie will be running some Coriolis. Wednesday, we will be back with Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition Once Upon a Time in the Old World. Um, and then Thursday, I believe, uh, Garbly Games at uh, 9 p.m. British Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time will be starting their One Ring 2nd Edition backup. Before we return for Acton Cthulhu. Acton Cthulhu. Uh, Jeremy, tell me about this Patreon. Yeah, and recently on Patreon, you've got comics, maps, RPG assets. Check it out. Very cool. Evan, you got anything? Nope. Negative. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again for Octoon Cthulhu. We'll be back next week, Thursday. We'll pick up with some fighting against some mystical creatures, which I know Pavel's been waiting for also because it's just been regular people, and he's good against mystical stuff. <laughs> occult Maybe. stuff supernatural i haven't stuff. tried it yet we'll find out <laughs> true <laughs> true <Gotta> find out <laughs> uh yeah we welcome uh, aaron's new character to see what uh, they're capable of also but uh thanks everybody have a great week and we'll see you next next thursday